Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Teague. And today, another incredible guest, John Gazzagnato. He doesn't need much of an introduction. He's already been on the podcast once before, but this time things have changed. John's going to share an award that he's just won that couldn't be more deserving to this incredible artist and person. I cannot wait to dive in deep with John today, and I hope you love this episode. Hey guys, welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Teague, and today we have John Gazignato. I'm pretty sure I got that right for the second time on the podcast today. I have plenty of questions for John, and I'm sure he doesn't need much of an introduction, but I'm going to welcome you on the show, John. So thanks for being here, mate. Thanks, man. You, you absolutely stuck the landing with that. Uh, <laughs> I've tried all morning, mate. I've got Gaz, Gazzy, <laughs> Gazzy. <laughs> yeah, just roll with John Gaz if, if it's too much. But um, now, thanks for having me on again, man. I uh, pleasure to be here. I know I think it was probably twelve months exactly that I was on here last time. Um, and it's so funny that I think the first time you had me on, I was like peeking out about it. I didn't write back to you for a little bit. Cause <laughs> I was like, oh no! And then I'm like all in my head about it. And I think we put it off for a few weeks, and then. Yeah, I was super stressed about it. But this time you, you messaged me and I was just like, yeah, fuck it, let's just do it. And Sick. you just like, we're just like a couple of days ago and I was like, do you want to come on? And I'm like, yeah, let's just do it. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to, you know, get in my head about it. I'm just going to come on here and we're just going to have a chat. So glad to be here. Mate, welcome, welcome. I, I think, yeah, it was exactly almost 12 months ago, man. And I want to obviously talk about that journey from 12 months to now. Obviously, I think a lot of the audience, John, have probably followed you or heard your first episode and they've probably followed your work from there. So instead of going back in the roots of where John John grew his business from, I'd love to talk about the last 12 months, how it's been for you like throughout COVID and then just finishing off on that one with a, a little award that you've just got, which uh, ignited the question to jump on. Yeah, sick, man. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a big 12 months for me. Yeah, just in my own head and my, my business and, and all of that. So you're definitely keen to unpack that. And I think it's probably not much more to talk about about my origin story and that kind of thing. But um, definitely this, this last 12 months has been, been massive for me. Yeah, just dealing with COVID and then and all of that. So, yeah, if you just want to go into it, we'll, we'll just um, get stuck in. and Yeah, well, I, I mean, I have a question for you straight away on that, John. I know a lot of the photographers that are out there listening, bro, probably – you know, like this COVID situation, right? No one knows how to fucking like pivot. How do we work with this when we can't work, et cetera? Can you tell me one of the stickiest situations you've had in the last 12 months with the COVID situation? Oh, man. I try to pinpoint one thing, but I just feel like I reckon everyone's in the same boat here. It's just been the just managing all the reschedules and that mm. kind of thing and just trying to stay afloat through it all. I think for me, it was more. You know, early last year when I lost like 20 weddings overnight, like, and then for three or four months and just not having any motivation or drive or any reason mm. to get up, like that was that was definitely the hardest thing for me and just overcoming that. Yeah, so, and then yeah, I feel like a lot of people have kind of experienced that and then it's just the ongoing, like, you know, not knowing what's happening and like yeah last year lost all the work and then the summer was probably the busiest I've ever been because everyone was like fuck yeah we're back on let's mm. let's get married and then and then it all just like spiraled again this year and yeah I guess that was hard for me and then also like it, it really stunted my trajectory of where my business was going where my photography was going because I was like just since I've started, it just kind of been growing exponentially every year. And then, yeah, like last year was going to be my biggest year. I was going to go to America for a wedding. I had a few around Australia and that kind of thing that were, you know, really exciting. Um, and then just kind of losing all that, it just felt like it all just, all this growth that I'd made just got cut down and I was back to square one. But um, definitely when things started to open up again, I realised, you know, it just kind of picked up where it left off. and. With those, like you said, around about 20 weddings kind of like cancelled or just disappeared on you, is it because obviously you're located in Tasmania? Was it because a lot of those couples were coming to Tasmania to get married? Yeah, man. During that time, I kind of crunched numbers. I reckon 
anywhere between 60 to 80% of my couples yeah. come from the mainland because it's it's become such a destination down mm. here, especially with COVID because I think, you know, people who can't elope overseas and that kind of thing are looking at Tasmania and going, oh, well, that's the next best thing, you mm. know, like get to fly over, you know, the water. So it feels like mm. we're going somewhere exotic. Yeah, so a lot of my business kind of comes from the mainland. And then a lot of those couples probably were like, well, We'll just elope in Melbourne or something if they're local there, right? Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah, that's um, a tough one, hey? Yeah, but I think everyone's experiencing that and I think we just got to try to push through and, and try to stay motivated and, and push ourselves even though, you know, we don't mm. things might be as uh, good as they used to be. When, when you talk about your growth, John, that you had in the business, because I've seen it, I mean... I think we met years and years ago now, man. It wasn't yeah. Mel- Melbourne? It wasn't Melbourne, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hotham. In Hotham. Um, like your growth in the business, and I, I know there's so many like variables in this question, but if you could put it down to one thing and you had two choices, would you put it down to your creative style or your business foundations? Got to be creative style. I think, yeah, I, I reckon I talked about this last time, but I've kind of gone through this whole cycle of, you know, thinking I wanted to be something and then kind of doing a full circle and coming back and just going back to the photography that I love and putting that into weddings, which is kind of like street photography and that kind of thing. But I definitely think that the more creative style and the artistic approach to to my work is what's really pushed me and kept me motivated as well. And I think when you look at photography, I think people really have to, they always want to say like I'm this or I'm this, but I, I really, for me, it's, I, I see photography, wedding photography is two things. It's, you know, documenting the events of the day and, and doing that in a timeless way that couples will look back on and go, yeah, that's what happened. That's how I felt. That's my relationships with people, all of that stuff. And then there's the other side, which is that the art. And I think, we have to balance that on a wedding day. So I'm probably going a bit off topic here, but it's just kind of in the front of my mind at the moment. I'm really kind of honing in on this stuff. Yeah, like if we're going to get weird and shit on a wedding day and like, you know, maybe we're going to blur photos, or add grain or like just play around with lighting and that type of thing, that's totally cool. But I think we also need to make sure we're, we're doing an awesome job for the couple that's going to be, you know, like they're going to look back on mm. 50 years and go not think that, the photographer was high on the day, just like <laughs> loving life, you know. But I think curation comes down to heaps of that. Hey, I mean, it's like they know what they're getting into. Hey, you know, like. Yeah, that's it. You had Ollie on the other week and he was talking mm. a lot about storytelling and curation. I think he hit the nail on the head with that. Just kind of, you know, curating the portfolio of work that we love and that we want to attract those couples that love that too. And it's not to say that I'm not doing all the kind of boring stuff as well. Like, mm. you know, I, I had a couple once come to me and say, oh, John, I know you don't I know you do not do family portraits, but would you mind mm. taking the photos for us? And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Yes, I do family portraits. This is not on my Instagram. Yeah. Like, I'm not posting a photo of you guys just smiling at the camera with your nan, you know, like, but that is all part of what we do. It's just in the background, you know, like, and but what makes us us and what why people why we're in demand and why people pay what they pay. And all of that is because of our artistic style and those creative shots. Yeah, that's what I think drives the business, you know. Yeah, I've got two things here. It's funny, when you when you said like that um, couple were like, oh, man, like we know you don't do family photos and you're like, what the fuck? Like, of course yeah. I do. But you're probably like, I get it. I get where you're coming from. A photographer I know has a expectations unlink uh, page on their website which is i thought was really special because very creative photographer and they get that a lot so they'll like hey when an inquiry comes through we can send through a, a gallery a landing page of an actual wedding gallery that's curated as well but also showcases like we do family photos we do bridal party photos blah 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 so it kind of showcases a bit more of what that tighter curation was which i thought was a really nice thing especially when you're going very left field and the creative side hey Absolutely, man. And that's it. Yeah, I link deep in my kind of information package like to a full gallery. Not too many people get there. I think that gets yeah. really someone who's Dig like... Digging pay. Digging, yeah, like find all my skeletons in the closet and stuff. Like, <laughs> you know? But yeah, like 
I think it's important to kind of put that stuff out there to some degree as well because you look at everyone's feed and it's all so curated mm. and stuff. But that's the marketing side and For that's sure. the, you know, like because we're putting our artistic style out there, what we love to do and um, and that's what separates us. You know, it's like if I was to put a family photo, if everyone was to be posting family photos, mm. <laughs> like we'd all just look like the same photographer. It's mm. not really the creative part of the job, is it? So 100%. Yeah. I got a question. Are you right now creating work you love? Right now, I am. I am. And this actually ties into something I I was kind of keen to chat about, which was like I think people coming up, and I know that I had this feeling, you kind of look at different things and you go, you know, once I get this shit sorted, I'm sweet. So we could be talking about anything. We talk about the business, we talk about marketing, we talk about our style, our editing the way we shoot, and we kind of look at it and go, yeah, okay, if I go do this workshop or if I learn off this person, I can get this sorted and we'll go. We'll just stick with photography. So it's like, okay, if I can do this, if I can get my head around how to shoot with this light, I'm going to be so good. Like I'm like going to love my work and it's going to be awesome. But that's just not the case, I don't think. Well, at least not for me. I just every, like, few months I'm questioning something, you know, whether that's my editing, whether that's my shooting style, whether that's the way I'm communicating with clients. Like I'm always second-guessing that and I get it sorted for a little bit and then maybe six months later I'm going, oh, fuck, that's shit. What was I thinking? And that's happened with my photography. Like actually it was like three months ago I think. I was just like posting because I knew what would work better on Instagram. I'm like looking back at my feed and I'm going, man, this is just putting me to sleep like that that is a constant struggle isn't it like what does good on instagram like and then versus what you love mm, mm. trying to get the balance between those two at the moment yeah i'm in the, the phase of i'm only posting stuff i love mm-hmm. and yeah it feels great and i'm i'm really loving it and it's pushing me to to shoot uh more creatively as well so i guess you could look at that say you just just always post like that but who knows what's going to happen in the next three months? I might look at it and go, oh, fuck, mm. like my posts aren't doing too well. I should just like post some clean portraits of a couple laughing in, you know, like portrait mode. You know, it'll be, yeah. I have a few things popping up. I remember a photographer years ago saying to me, if you knew every single wedding or the wedding that you're about to go into is about to get blogged on every magazine you could ever think online, everywhere, like in the, in the highest of high accolades, would you shoot it differently? And it was really funny because I was like, fuck, like that kind of brings, brought, brought an, an equation into me that I was like, well, would I, you know, would I, would I tone back? Would I push more? I didn't come up with an answer. It didn't You're change not, much. Not but, wrong. Like, yeah. It even gets into my head a little bit if I see their feed and I can see the type of person. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I know what they're looking for here. Yep. Like, you know, and it gets into my head a little bit, but it's, I think it's all about balancing that. Like, you know, th- they did book book me for, for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Still got to, you still got to hold on to your style and make sure that you do, do it justice. So the question was, John, obviously, are you creating work you love? And you said, yes, you are now. But what right about, now I am. What about then? What's the difference between then and now? Three months ago or? Or what's the difference between them when I would have asked that question and you would have said no? What's uh, what's the difference? Yeah, I think I was just in a headspace of like, you know, this is kind of what what's expected of me to do. Um, this is kind of what's trending on Instagram. And it would be like going to weddings and I would know straight away off the top of my head the six poses I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're going to go here and we're going to do this pose, we're going to go here, we're going to do this pose. When I say pose, it's a lot yeah, more yeah. free flowing than that. But like, I just know what I'm going to uh-huh. do when. Um, and it was getting to the point where it was like basically template insert couple. Yep. And it felt a little bit that way. And I was wasn't uh, just vibing with the photos as much because still to this day, like I'll take a photo. Like if you know, right now where I'm at, like uh, feeling good and pushing it, you know, I'll take a photo of the day and I'll be like. I'll be bloody squawking and like the couple will just be like, you know, like what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Cause I'll just be like, 
so excited about it. I still get really excited whenever I, you know, nail something that I've got pitched in my head and I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I want, want to do here. Yeah, so I think it's just that, like, having that excitement myself for the shooting and that then enhances the couple's experience. Mm. Well, I think if they can see me really vibing what I'm doing and, and loving it, that they, they really free up and they just feel so comfortable because they're just kind of standing there watching me and I'm running yeah. around laughing my head off like a maniac. Man. So, so it sounds like obviously like you, you had a mental shift with the excitement you're also getting out of it and stuff. I know COVID would have had a bit of a factor to play with that, but Going, I want to stay on this because it's really interesting. I don't think this gets talked about enough. And it's awesome how you're opening up the vulnerability about, you know, going with default posing or insert couple. But now, like, how are you reading the situation different? Other than just getting like super excited, are you like doing anything practical that you think, say if there's a photographer listening and they're like, fuck yeah. Mm. Oh man, it's just a spoon and this like stare at each other and this foreheads together and then I'm stumped. Like <laughs> how do we get away from that? And how did you get away from that? Yeah. Look, I think, I don't know how much your listeners kind of do this, but scheduling is so massive. And, you know, if I've got a packed 10 hour wedding and they give me 15 minutes for portraits, then I'm probably just going to go with the go-to moves because I do have responsibility to just get mm-hmm. those kind of portraits they're going to love and, and all of that. So all that time is going to be used up on that. But if you can really get in their ear early and just help them do the scheduling and make sure that you've got time to create because you can't just turn up and bang out, you know, an amazing set in 15 minutes you need time to walk with them get them freed up and feeling relaxed and explore and push yourself creatively as well like mm. those yeah like those more creative shots that I do they don't just kind of yeah. you know come like that you know I gotta I gotta work with a couple I gotta move around and I think photography is so opportunistic as well like we're not so sure what we're gonna do until we kind of see it as well and, mm. and sometimes that's just getting a couple to move around and then you're like, oh, shit, that looked wicked. Just can you guys do that again? But do it like this this time and I'm going to shoot it from this angle. You know, we're, we're like constantly switched on looking for those moments. And I think scheduling is such a big part of that. Like if we can just like make sure we've got plenty of time in that schedule. And I know it's their wedding day and we need to make sure that we're also balancing their day and, you know, not making it a massive photo shoot and they're experiencing everything they want to experience. But just making sure that, we're not rocking up to the ceremony two minutes before it starts. We're rocking up half an hour, 15 minutes at least, things like that. Just be assertive with the couple and just be like, I have to be here for this long, for this, you know. Otherwise, this is not going to happen. And I think getting ready is a big part, a big one of that. I always say to them, like, I need an hour with each of you. And that sounds like a lot in terms of, oh, we're going to have our photos take for a whole hour. Yeah. No, like for me to get there, move things around, find good light, you know, all that kind of thing, it takes an hour like for me to get in the right headspace as well and make sure that I can, you know, deliver on on what my portfolio promises that I can do. With that, this is really cool. With that scheduling, John, like you're saying you're probably – advising of an hour with the guys and then an hour with the ladies and turning up ceremony about, you know, half an hour early when the guests are arriving. Does this sound right? I'm going to keep yeah. going on the timeline. Cool. And then, you know, whatever happens, canapes, blah, blah, blah. With the portrait time, including say a bridal party, a three, four standardized wedding, how long would you suggest total time? And where does that time sit over sunset? Because one question I have from one of the audience on the Instagram was, what's John's ideal time to photograph a couple yeah look depends winter fuck i love winter then the sun goes down at like five o'clock oh my <laughs> god like the dream <laughs> and and it's super low even if you shoot at midday it's so low down in tassie that it's fucking a dream let's rock on winter then because i know the photo shoot you did for our family was like nine o'clock it was crazy <laughs> no no we can go summer because it's probably more common okay but yeah like on a wedding day you know a long wedding i would Look, I don't give a shit, like, to be honest, with bridal party, I just want mm. whatever, like, as long as it's not 2 o'clock or something. But I'll, sp- I'll say 20 minutes with a bridal party. I really don't like to do more than that. I just think, I don't know, for me, bridal party is a little bit of an accessory on the day and just... For sure. Yeah. Uh, I did a post about this the other day, but I'm always about heroing the couple. So I would do probably 20 minutes with the bridal party and then maybe 
half an hour with the couple, even, uh, yeah, about that. But I'll always say to them, if it's summer, if we're going to shoot at like 5 o'clock, then like how about at 8.30, I just tap you on the shoulder and we just go for a wander. Like it'll just be 10, 15 minutes. But, you know, the difference between the photos you'll get at 5 o'clock versus the photos you'll get at 8, 8.30 are going to be like, they're going to look like a different photographer, you know. So, and it's, and they jump at that. They always love it. They're always like, oh, that's wicked. So we don't have to go away for a full hour, you know. We can just do a little bit then and then and then after a few drinks, we can just kind of go out. And I also sell it to them as like, you know, once the reception starts, you guys are going to be so manic and just like getting around the party. Actually just walking out for 15 minutes at 8 o'clock, having a breather, spending some time alone, you guys will love that. Like it's just, it, I'm all for just stepping away and just taking a breath and going, holy shit, look at this. Like look at what, what's mm. happening right now. Otherwise it's just going to fucking fly by and you're just going to be like, holy shit, it's 11 o'clock, it's done. Like, you know, I always, when I'm shooting couples around that sunset time, they're always like, Man, it's a different vibe. Like they're, mm. I think maybe it's because I've had a few drinks. I don't know. But like they're just so much more into the shoot as well. They're just like really loving on each other and just like feeling a lot more romantic and maybe it's the light. Yeah. But it's probably a combination. It's the drinks, it's the light. It's the fact that they've had time to unwind with everyone and now they can appreciate that time alone a bit more. But I will always break it up and then if I can do some sunset photos in that, that's when I can be a bit more creative with it too because, you know, shooting with that kind of light lets me just mess around a bit more. Staying on this, this is this is cool. So I, I was going to ask the question, why 8.30? But then you did say it, which is because it's around the sunset time. So for the audience out there, if they missed that, oh, yeah. John's explaining that because it's not sunsets at five, he's going out on sunset, right? So a question I had here is, does John have a process to start his portrait photo shoot with couples? Example, walking, then what? And I know <laughs> we spoke about defaults and shit like that, like these six poses and stuff. Yeah. But to get couples feeling comfortable and to get your mind clear to bring that creativity in, do you have a default start? That's what yeah. the question is. Yeah, let's let's run with the, the idea that I've got more time, right? Like, And it's not a 15-minute yeah. Fuck, let's rush over here and just mm-hmm. shoot quick. Definitely walking. Uh, a lot of chatting. I'll basically just chat with them heaps and then just like kind of walk backwards. And then I usually find it's best to start wide, you know, just go back a bit, tell them, maybe tell them to, to cuddle up or even just kind of look out at the view is a just kind of good one. And when I start with them, I'll have a little pep talk with them and I'll be like, you know, I really want to capture your personalities and and who you are when you are when you're together. And so, just I really want you to just focus on each other now. Try not to look at me, but just feel free to chat the whole time. I'm happy for you guys to just chat. And if I ever stop talking, don't stress. Like that means you're doing awesome, and I'm just like in the zone, and I'm just like capturing all that magic anyway. So just just like focus on each other, and we'll just go for a walk, and I'll help you out whenever you need it and that that already you know just builds that personal connection with them and just like makes them think you know what he's here with us you know we're not he doesn't expect us to be models or anything like that he'll help us through this whole thing so yeah then we'll just walk and just chat and I'll just be shooting while we walk and then I'll usually set them up somewhere and I'll go wide so I, that way I give them like 15 20 meters and I start shooting and that way they can kind of be there and they go, you know, they'll do the whole thing. Oh, this is fucking weird. Oh, yeah, uh, that's fine. But like, and then I'll just like slowly creep closer and closer and closer. And then when I get started closer, I'll just be full frothing on what they're doing. You know, just telling them, giving them, sharing them in compliments and telling them how good they're doing and, and that kind of thing. Because let's be honest, it's fucking weird having your photo taken. For me, I, I hate getting my photo taken. Yeah, so you just need to be there with them, you need to support them. And, yeah, like, and then I will just kind of start posing them and I'll, I'll usually start off real real light with the intimacy. You don't want to jump into, like, making out or anything like that. Uh, not that I even do that, but mm-hmm. um, it's even, like, poses without them even touching, you know, like just kind of standing there, just going real easy with that stuff and then building up to it. Because I can get, after doing this for so many years, you can definitely get a vibe for 
how intimate people are together and and that kind of thing. You don't want to push that. You don't want to. I mean, we deal with your shoot, you mm-hmm. you and your family, Brian. Like, if you're not a couple who does much PDA, you don't want to take those photos. Like, you don't want to put them in that situation because they'll sure. probably go along with it. And then, but if that's not how they see themselves as a couple, like, they're not really going to like the photos. They're going to go, oh, that looks, yeah, you know, obviously it's a stunning photo, but it's not really me and, and that kind of thing. So you. You need to suss that out. You really need to get your head around that. Mm. And if they're not a couple like that, you know, there's ways of just posing them together that shows their reserve side and, like, without it Mm. being, you know, a full embrace or anything like that. You know, you can just, if you just pose them close and then, like, shoot the right angles and that kind of thing, yeah, you can really get a lot out of that shoot, I think. Um, But going from there, so once I've kind of done that, I'll move again. So I generally do like one stance per location. So then we just start, like just keep walking unless uh-huh. like I don't have many locations to shoot. Oh, but we'll basically like walk, I'll set them up, we'll shoot it wide, shoot it, you know, tighter and then like close-ups. Fuck, I had an acronym for it was super lame and cheesy, but I can't remember it now, but it was basically something to remind me to shoot super wide and then get the clean kind of hero shot and then get in for like real close-ups where like, you know, the heads might be cropped and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But anything you can kind of do to remind yourself of those things are good. Yeah. The chatting basis, like, you know, you said like you let couples freely chat and stuff like this. Has it ever got to a point where they just over talk too much and you're like, I just want to slow it down. We're getting like constantly laughing and talking, which is great, but I, I'm just, speaking from experience as well, where this has happened and it's like, fuck, I need to slow this shit down a little bit. You guys are like literally rapping together all for an hour. So how do you go about that then? Yeah, people can definitely start. And then you get some people who pull really animated faces yeah. and stuff. Like that's that's a hard one to deal mm. with. You, you got to try to settle that down. Otherwise, you know, one of them might be looking awesome in the photo and then the other one's just pulling some skank face. <laughs> Bad. So you gotta, you know, I'll tell them like, oh, just like a little bit less animation in the face. Like, I yeah. know that's a lot. That sounds like a lot, but you know, we are trying to take photos here. Yeah. So if they're chatting too much, you know, if you don't feel comfortable telling them to stop talking, because that does break the mood a little bit. You know, I bring a speaker with me, and if you, I find if I'm getting in close and I don't want to keep talking, I can just ramp the music up yeah. a little bit. And then they can't really talk over it. So, yeah. Yeah. So that'll just like slow them down and that kind of thing. But other than that, I'll, I will just like, all right, tell them to maybe just like stop talking. Like I had a couple the other week laughing and chatting the whole time. It was great. Like I got heaps of, a ton of like laughing photos. But every now and again, I would just ask them not to smile. Yeah. Like, because I just, I just love that kind of, uh, that kind of photo where it looks a bit more quiet and reserved and, I love how you kind of explain how like you do that explanation prior yeah. for the audience out there. John photographed my family over a year or so ago now, whatever it was, maybe a year ago, it was Christmas, right? Yeah, it was really yeah. And it was re- really beautiful because John had asked, or you had asked John, of how we interact with each other. And I said straight away, like, dude, we're definitely not PDA. Like we're definitely not like kissy, like over romantics. Our story is our son. And that's probably the most fucking important thing to us. And then we had this experience where we weren't outside our comfort zone the whole time. And it was, it was, you know, music. I think you had the wiggles, like you had your wife there, like pumping the, you know, the, the fun tunes for Carter. And I look back on those photos. I'm like, man, this fuck so us. Like, and it, it was such a cool experience. It wasn't fucking terrible. And I think that came down to the explanation and also varying an approach individually for the couple in front of you or the person or the family, which is fucking so yeah. good. Hey. Yeah. When the light starts getting to the John Gazignato <laughs> light. <now. laughs> All right. I'm going to claim it. Yeah, yeah. Claim now, that. Right. If you want to sunset, it's the John Gazignato. <laughs> Copyright, yeah. right? Down the bottom. Would you want to mark that? No. When the, when the light starts, you know, like we, we all know when that light comes and, and you're looking for it, everyone's got their own kind of little way. Does your approach completely change? Because when I see a lot of your photos... It is very directional, right? Are you twisting couples to get light 
accentuating the curves on the back or the face and telling them to separate or look at the sun, et cetera? Like, are you winging that on the go? Uh, no, yeah. Like, I am, I think maybe why people see it as such a feature of my work is because I've really am quite focused on it and I will, when the sun starts getting low, you know, that's when I'm real switched on. Like I'm, I will not shoot in any direction. When, when the light is coming, you know, at an angle, I'm like, you have to be facing this way, like faces this way. Like I'm quite strict on that. Like so let's say we go out for sunset, right, and the sun is super low and harsh. If I shoot that backlit, so imagine full shadows on the camera side pretty much and you're just getting that highlighter in their face, little details. I will not then go run around the other side of them and shoot with the sun on them because I just think in a gallery, like, that just all over the place. Like, the couple don't really understand how light works, you know. But basically if I was to flip around the other side and stuff, so if I'm shooting shadow side of them with the sun behind them, and I'm, like, illuminating them and I'm, like, getting a really dynamic lighting and it's, like, an orange background, real silhouette kind of vibe. If I flip around the other side and shoot them, they're going to be, like, lit up. The sky behind them is going to be, like, bright blue, which doesn't go with the, the orange tones that I'm already working with. It'll look like a completely different time of day almost to the client because yeah. they don't understand yeah. how it's you know, moving around them works Change that so time much. of day. Mm. But, yeah, so I would, like, angle them to make best use of that light. And then yeah, nice. I would keep that consistent through that part of. Yeah. So maybe if we walk somewhere, if we keep walking, yeah, then I'll mm-hmm. shoot from a different direction. But basically I will keep it like that and I will shoot it in different ways but always keeping that the look of that lighting consistent so that when you look at the gallery and there's like 50 photos of this section, it all looks the same, it all bounces off each other and it looks real good. But, yeah, like to answer your question about what I do when I'm working with that, you know, directional lighting, you know, I'm I'm always, yeah, like I know exactly what I want to do and I'm like, okay, let's let's get some side lighting going here or let's get some backlighting or, and I'll make sure I won't, always tell them to look but like I'll pose them in a way that works with that mm-hmm. lighting I won't go uh let's say if they're backlit I'm not going to get her hit, uh, like the bigger person to spoon the smaller person from behind and then shoot them front up because they're just going to be blacked out like they're mm-hmm. going to be just shadow a shadowy blob you know you need to get that highlight so if they so if the lights behind them, so I'm going probably going into a bit too much detail people get their heads around, but, like, if you've got the light behind them and it's really minimal, if you face them towards each other, then you start getting the shapes of their faces and, the, and that highlight. But if you have them stacked on each other facing you, like, you're not even going to be able to differentiate between them and mm. you're not utilising that awesome light that we're getting. Like, just go do that at 5 o'clock then. Like, don't you, – if, if you're going out at sunset, it's – yeah, this is one thing I think that maybe clients understand and maybe people starting out don't understand. We're not going out there to shoot the sunset. We're going out there to make use of the directional mm. light. It's not available earlier in the day. Mm. Once it starts dropping, it's coming at an angle that you can play with. You can't you can't really play with, mm. you know, light early in the day because it's just booming down from above. I love that. Oh, I want to go right back here, John. Okay, sorry, I did it again. No, no, this is good, man. You're unpacking. Just for a a practical visualization explanation, a couple standing there and they're completely backlit by the sun. You're explaining that you're going to kind of shoot that in the same light. You're not going to flip around and shoot it front lit, et cetera. Would you work around in like a 180 to kind of still shoot on angles with that backlight? I think you would, but just so a photographer is not like, oh, he just stands there the whole time and shoots on a 35 and they just stay the same. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. 180, okay, cool. 180 swivel. Yep. A 180 swivel going cool. in and out, uh, going closer, going further away, but basically 180. So I'd be shooting, yeah, just that highlight on their face and I'd come around and get more of it. So then maybe half their face, you know, is yep. easily. Because you can imagine they're side on, right? That's right. The sun is on their right, 
and I'm on their left, I'm moving in that swivel so that I can get just different levels of that, that directional sun. But as soon as you kind of go past that 180, then it just looks like a completely different scene, right? Like it's starting like, yeah, the sun is like just hitting them in the face and you're working with more sun than you are shadow. And I think that just, mm, you know. You changes the whole image, right? Yeah, it just changes it, which is fine. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I will shoot like that too. Yeah. But I'll move them first. I'll start, we'll start walking. Yeah, that's cool. And we'll, we'll, we'll shoot. Seeing these in like series, hey. Yeah, but then also at the same time, I want the story to go along that lighting progression. So if I'm going to shoot brighter, I want to shoot that earlier. And then like we're walking or walking, it's getting darker, it's getting darker, I'm shooting moodier. And then it's like now there's like no, barely any light. It's like super moody and like uh, dramatic because that makes more sense. You know, you're getting, yeah, for them who don't understand light, it's just getting darker. Yeah. Yeah, it's telling the story of the day, eh? Yeah. Whereas do, if you go the other way, yeah. Do, do you shoot more landscape or portrait when you're doing portraits with a couple orientation? Oh, man, I used to be all landscape, hey, but, yeah. but Instagram is definitely <laughs> like pushing me. And I know that's a bad motivation, but that's where most of our work is viewed. So you got to, you do have to consider it, I think. So now I try to balance it too. And it's probably, it is for the best, actually. I see everything landscape, but now that I'm shooting a lot more this year, like I'm shooting a ton more portrait, I'm actually really loving it. And I think, yeah, probably uh, see scenes a little bit differently now and now that I can kind of push that a bit more. But, yeah, I've always been landscape. Now I'm just like pushing portrait. And so now I just try to balance it too. A question from one of the audience was, I see John's work and a lot of it is black and white. Is he also delivering colour of those black and whites or black and white and colour only? Good question. No, I don't. I mean, obviously I take a lot of photos in a portrait session and there's going to be similar ones and to differentiate, yeah, I might. Like this one black and white or this one colour, but I don't duplicate a photo just to make it black and white because I'm firmly in the camp that black and white is a creative choice and not just a way to double your photos or anything like that. I think oh, sometimes it'll be like a whole section of the day there's no black and white photos because I just don't believe in that that, that photo should be black and white. Like it just doesn't work. It just, I'm, I really hate busy black and whites that have barely any range in shadows and highlights. So I think black and white's all about contrast and it's it's all about lighting. And I think if a photo doesn't work in black and white, then it shouldn't be black and white. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's a decision that we should be making and not just be going, oh, yeah, chuck in black and white here, chuck in black and white here double my photos or whatever. There's obviously, yeah, there's times that it can work either. So, yeah, go for it, like, if you think, if you want to do it that way, yeah. All right, another another question. I absolutely love John. I'm reading this out because I wrote them, so I'm not on my no, phone. No, you wrote so, it, yeah. No, yeah, this, I, is- I, this, is, this, is, this is my diary. This is my diary, yeah. man. I told you I only do this podcast to uh, interview people that inspire me, man. So this is my diary <laughs> to John. Well, people don't even know what happened before we started recording. One was... Uh, <laughs> cleaning his camera and he lifted his shirt up and I could just see the full rig underneath. I was just getting a show. It's painted on. That was a singlet with abs on it. <laughs> a question in from one of the audience is, I absolutely love John's editing process. Does he have a secret source that he could share? <laughs> a secret source? A secret source. Yes. Oh, I don't know. What I know it's really- a very complex thing, you know, editing. It's an individualized thing, but is there one thing that you can share that may... Help create the John style we see. I don't know. I've really, with my editing, I've really leaned into the Tasmanian wilderness. And I think that's where it mm. really thrives. Like it, when I'm out, you know, long grass or like rugged coastline, like it just looks bang on. And I've kind of created it for that because I do a lot of jobs hiking and that kind of mm. thing. Yeah. But when I'm stuck with, when I get, you know, lumped with, lawns and blue sky like it actually like pushes pretty hard so i would say if there's one thing i can one piece of advice i know it's a little bit broad but it'll be really leaning to the surroundings that you shoot in a lot of the time yeah because i don't imagine my my editing would would sell that well because it wouldn't apply across a sunny Mm. beach or something like that you know it's like yeah i've really just leaning to the, the deep green tones and the oranges and, and the browns that we get down here, 
which is, yeah, that's been my focus. Did so, I? yeah, I would say that. Like, look at look at where you shoot, yeah. where you, look where you love to shoot or what you want to, what your po- what you want your portfolio to look like with your, you know, the, the places you shoot. And I reckon focus on those and mm. just, yeah, sorry, is that a bit? No, nah, dude, that's more, that, that's a recipe. Out, like, about sliders and stuff, dude, you know. Nah. Like, that's a recipe because I remember like, dude, years ago having a conversation with a photographer and they, you know, were going down the preset rabbit hole and they bought all the presets from every photographer that's an island, right? Like, because they're all on these mountainsides, looks fucking epic and they are on the Gold Coast. I didn't really get too much of a time to have a conversation, but I look now, they, they were actually having issues with a lot of greens and the and the highlights and stuff, you know, this very dark and, you know, and, and it didn't work to what they were shooting it. And, I remember having a conversation. I was like, bro, like the fucking on the other side of the world with completely different light. Yeah. Of course it's not going to work, man. Like we're, we're, you're, you're shooting not even at sunset. All of them are done at nighttime almost, like way in blue hour. You know, and, and I don't think there is that secret one tip that can create another photographer's work. I think leaning into your local area and the light that you love using, fuck man, that's the cup of tea there. I think. Yeah, that's incredible. It, I remember, yeah, when I was starting out, I bought a bunch of presets. Yeah. I remember seeing this one and it was like, I don't know where it was, I don't know what photographer it was, but it was like redhead girl and she like was like real fiery red and she had like all red rocks and stuff behind her, maybe like red freckles yeah. as well. It's like, fuck, that looks sick. <laughs> yeah, I want that. <laughs> I bought it. I'm like, what the <laughs> shit is this? Is like C- CPO next. <laughs> yeah, you really got to look at the photo and think like, is that is that my photo? Like, have I ever taken that? <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, presets are. It can be a bit of a trap like that. I think you know, you look at work mm, and you for sure. Look at that, but it really is so dependent on the way you shoot, where you shoot, lighting. You know, it's all that. It's just. I think presets are like yeah, they're so like over-exaggerated the importance of them. One, I think like obviously you you would say as well, John, like if you don't understand light or the light you like shooting in, fuck, forget your presets. Like you can shoot in great light and sh- deliver an unedited JPEG file that will look 10 times better of a preset in terrible light. We all know that. Yeah. You know, and Cy Moore said it's, there's, a, there's a range on a slider. So if you're going too far left, too far right, it's telling you that you're peaking out. So yeah. like there, there's a medium. There's a medium where you can push images, you know, that are going to obviously print perfectly. I mean, we've got all your prints in our home that you did for our family show and they printed fucking perfect, you know, which is one always factor to take into consideration when you're creating a preset or, or coming up with your own style. I'm going back to some more questions, brother. These just came in while we're, while we're on this. I have a few. As I said earlier, a lot was coming in about your luscious locks. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Omar was on the podcast, I think, last week popped in and he, he he's he's one here. I'm going to call him out on this. He said, what's the secret to John's luscious hair? Tell me. Oh, he's a flog. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. Uh, he's a good mate of mine. <laughs> Don't cut it. I think that's probably the secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, look, I'll get this a fair bit. And it, I feel like if people knew how bad it was. Like, I don't look after it and it's really bad. Um, like, there's dread, dreads hidden yeah, in there. Inside. <laughs> and, like, I go get a haircut once every six months from my homie and he basically spends half an hour brushing all the knots. <laughs> Fucking painful. And then he spends, like, five minutes cutting it. Like, because I don't look after it. So I think if you want hair like mine, just don't look after it and just and let, just it, let it go. Like the Tasmanian wilderness. Live its life. Yeah. <laughs> Live its life. That's, that's, all I, that's the only advice I got for you. Sorry, Omi. All right. Rapid fire on these questions again. Some of these, John, you've already answered, I'd say. So just we can, if, if I ask it, I will ask it, but just move forward and we'll go keep going. So what's your dream shoot if you could plan one? Dream shoot? Oh, man. For me, I don't like people, I get couples asking me this all like, not all the time, but semi-regularly, like they say to me, we want to elope in Tasmania. What would you do? Mm. We want to hear like what you would do. And I've had, you know, I've actually like planned elopements for people before, like, and been like, do this, do this. But for me, I just love shooting somewhere different every time. Like I get this question heaps too. Like what's your favourite spot to shoot? And honestly, it's wherever I haven't been before because it just lets me try different things like, and that's how I feel about your question as well. Like, 
I don't really care as long as it's somewhere new for me. Like I get to push myself. I get to try to find different ways to shoot it. I've got a question on the end of that. I personally have a question. Say if you get an inquiry, John, and it's, um, you know, they're getting married in this place in the city or something and you're just like, fuck, or, or wherever. Like I'm not too familiar with Tassie, but you're getting, they're getting married at this place and they're in reception as place and you're just like, poor. Like this isn't probably going to fit, not with my style, but essentially I'm probably not going to be creating what you see online, et cetera. Do you ever suggest for them to, hey man, like, would you like to go somewhere else to do photos or do you just roll with it? Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely, definitely uh, try to recommend or, you know, show them work and that yeah. kind of, yeah, and that's why I like to build a relationship with a couple just to so that we can get on that kind of conversational level where I can say, you know, like, mm. that's fine, but, like, this is my work and this might look better and, but definitely, like, yeah, being part of that planning process, you can you can dictate a lot of that. And I think these days I get, a, like, most couples would just be like with a couple session, whatever you think, you know, you're the expert, you you take us wherever you want to take us, and we'll do whatever you say, which is which is wicked. Like, so I'm so grateful for every time someone says that. But, yeah, just try to be involved. Try to, yeah, just try to build a relationship with a couple so that you can feel comfortable to actually say to them, you know what, this is it okay they're like have you considered doing this because you know we'll get better photos or this will be the result i think that's that's the way to mm, go with nice and i think the cool thing like the some people might be listening and be like and and i know you said earlier john was like you know there's like the fine line like you, you don't want to push your day on their day or, or change their day dramatically but i think the thing i get from this is that you're actually giving them empathetic decision-making from you knowing that, hey, I can create better photographs here or at this time. Like it's never about John. It's about, fuck, I can give you the best if you allow me to have X time or X location, et cetera. One way, like, and sometimes it can all be about lighting, you know. Mm. It's not a location. For sure. And stress about that too much, I think. But the way I do that is I tell them, like, let's break up the shoot, okay? I had one a few weeks ago, like, they want to do their photos at 12 p.m. Like, ah, mm. oh, fuck my life. And I just said to them, like, that's sweet. We can do it. We'll, we'll do it. Like, it'll be hard. If it's a sunny day, you know, it's going to be a challenge to work with and, like, it won't look like the rest of my portfolio. But, you know, like, how about we do a little bit then and then 8 o'clock, let's just go for a wander. We'll just go for a wander off your property and see what we get. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. We don't have to do all the photos at once. So, yeah, we're happy to just go for a wander. Yeah. Let's do it. And they usually, honestly, they they receive that so well when you just, when you say to them, now we're not going away for like a big block of time. We're going to do, get most of it out of the way. And then after a few drinks, when there's a gap in the reception, we'll, I'll just tap you on the shoulder and we'll go for a walk. They love that. Nice. Nice. How often do you leave a wedding knowing that you didn't get any of those magic shots that we see on Instagram or on your portfolio? Not often. Not often. There might be every now and again one that kind of slips through. It's not that like I did a bad job, but yeah, for it's sure. like a wedding where I go, I don't think there's anything in there that I would I would share. Yeah. Just because it was I like to post photos that look try to look different or, you know, like have my style. And, you know, if we're at a vineyard all day and the, the schedule's packed, you know, and I kind of just only get that 15 minutes for portraits or whatever and I would probably say one one every couple of months would probably be that. And that's fine. Like sometimes we can only advise and we can only suggest so much. And if a couple wants to have, if they don't want to, you know, if you say to them, if you advise them and you say, look, I think we should do this, and they're like, no, nah, we're just going to stick with this, that's cool. Like fine. That's, it's your day. Like I'm, I understand that. Like I don't want to push you to do something you don't want to do. Otherwise you're not going to enjoy it anyway. You're not going to mm. like the photo. So but again, it just comes back to building a relationship with them and trying to build around that, I guess. Mm. But I get to answer your question. It does happen. Definitely happens. But you can't expect everything to be portfolio breaking. Mm, for sure. For sure. Keep rolling on these questions here. We've got John's go-to wedding equipment. I guess camera lens, they want to know. Nikon D850, Nikon D750. And then I pretty much run... 
35 and 50 most of the day. I remember talking about this last time mm. I knew. Yeah, uh, 35 and 50. I know they're close, but I just like that. I'm, yeah, 85 doesn't really feel me. Every time I shoot like that, I'm like, it doesn't feel like me. Mm. 28 a little bit as well. Yeah, I like to play around with that. Uh, sometimes it can be a bit whack though. It's a pretty hard lens to use, to be honest. Like, yeah, for me anyway, for my style, I think. It's funny. I even took like, there was this like epic shot of this couple on a cliff and I couldn't get back because it was a fence any further. So I had to use 28, kind of shot a portrait to get the whole scene mm. in. And then afterwards, even my wife looked at it and she's gone, that doesn't look like a, a John Gaz photo. And I'm like, how did you like? How did you pick that, eh, from that? How did that you even pick that? I difference. thought that's only me that can pick that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just the way the, the couple kind of bubbled a bit, yeah. you know, they yeah. orps a little bit. She was like, that doesn't look the same as your photos. And I'm yeah. like, that's crazy that even you picked that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like she looks like a lot, at a lot of my work. Mm. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Last question. We've got heaps of these answered, which is mostly about your hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone's just come in. John's favorite wedding shoes. After a wedding, my feet kill. Surely he's treacherous places. What's his go-to? <laughs> oh, dude. He's going to have hiking shit. boots, surely. It depends, eh? Uh, oh, man. I have flat feet. I've got like, the <laughs> flattest feet. It's like, like a pelican. Yeah. My wife likes to use my feet as a like a level. <laughs> That's how flat they are. So it kills me. Weddings absolutely destroy my yeah. feet legs and I haven't figured it out. I use blunnies just because I bash them around so much and and that's kind of a good shoe and it looks a little bit dressier. Like hiking boots can look a little bit baggy, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so I go blunnies most of the time or just kind of like if it's just a city wedding, I'll just run with like vans or something like that, which is, yeah, so don't take that advice from me. <laughs> Fucking horrible. That's probably why I have all these issues. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where this uh, listeners put in that question from. They might be from overseas. So when John says blunnies, he's saying blundstones, right? Yeah, blundstone boots. Blundstone yeah. boots. That's right. Which are originated in Tassie, I think. They um, are. Yeah. Yes. Hey. Representing. Representing. Hey, um, rangefinder top thirty rising stars award just got awarded to you. So first off, man, fuck, huge congratulations. Thanks so much. Couldn't be more deserving to a better artist. <laughs> How did that come about? And um, has things changed now? Or, or explain to them what that award is actually. Yeah. So Rangefinder is a magazine in New York. I think they've been around since like the 50s. Might be wrong in that, but it's, yeah, it's been around for a long time. So they're kind of like, you know, one of the OGs when it comes to photography magazines and awards and that kind of thing. So each year they, they, a whole, like hundreds of people get nominated from the, so you've got to get nominated from someone in the industry. And then from that, once you're nominated, you have to put together a portfolio of 30 photos and you're going to submit that to them along with a questionnaire. And then a panel of judges will go through each person and look at the whole story and then select 30 photographers from around the world. And then they get dubbed the 30 rising stars for, the, for that year, which is just insane. Like, I don't know. I feel like being in Tassie, I just can feel like we go a bit unnoticed down mm. here or a little bit small time compared to, you know, like the big dogs like yourself up on the mainland just kicking goals. Yeah, so to get that recognition was just huge for me. I think it was more for me personally just to kind of, yeah, get that affirmation because, mm. you know, like I think Instagram, like I'm going to go back to Instagram again, but like, it's a funny thing, you know, we get, I'm so grateful for all the love I get on there and stuff and kind of everyone gets that and it can feel a little bit like a circle jerk sometimes, you know, everyone's sure. just like loving on each other. And like I think back that when I started, the photos were absolute dog shit, but, you know, people were all telling me they were awesome, you know. So it's kind of hard to gauge because people are so nice. So it was good to sit down and actually put, sit down, you know, for hours and put together 30 photos and really be critical of them. And I think everyone should do this, whether it doesn't have to be entering a competition, but just be critical of your own work every year. Because the thing is I got nominated last year and I didn't make the 30 and it actually cut me deep because I was like, I really wanted that, I think, especially during COVID, just to feel like I was progressing. I took it pretty bad and then, and then I got nominated again this year by, I need to shout out, Keegan Cronin, 
who's in New South Wales. I don't know the guy. We only met with message a few times through Instagram and stuff, but he nominated me out of the blue, which is just like so amazing to kind of get just have that mutual respect with someone from another state, even though we don't know each other. Like that's that's why Instagram's amazing. That's yeah. Yeah, so last year I didn't make it and then I got nominated again this year and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then I actually sat down, put together a portfolio, and I reckon 90% was all taken this year, uh, the photos. So that says one thing to me and that's great. Like I thought I had a solid portfolio last year, didn't make it. This year I made a portfolio again and I pretty much wiped out every photo from last year, replaced it with photos from this year. And I- 10 times better in my opinion. So it just shows that if you can kind of sit down and critique your work like this every year, you can see the growth. You can you can actually look at it and go, fuck, yeah, like I have gotten better. Yeah, so to get this year is just that feels even better because it's like, well, I didn't make it last year, but this year I did, and it's a whole new portfolio that I created this year. First off, fuck, congratulations again, mate. Thanks, man. Like I think you're probably the only one, in, first one in Tassie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, first yeah. one test. Man. Yeah. So, guys, 30 of the top photographers in the world, rising stars, like 30. Like, think how many there are. There are millions of fucking photographers <laughs> probably in your yeah, own it state. Was, it was like, a blowout to like see the thank you views when there's like, and the other 30 then like from Italy and Yeah, Mexico. man. A it lot in like, Europe as well, hey. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Could have been more deserving. And um, I mean, that's why you're on this podcast, man, because yeah, your work is absolutely fucking incredible. I'm going to go right back about an hour ago. We spoke about this. I think this has again come up for me. So last year you were nominated Rainfinder Top 30, right? Yeah, but I didn't make the Didn't 30. make it. Yeah, that's right. So it didn't make the Top 30 Rising Stars. And you said then you resubmitted because you're nominated and obviously now you've won that accolade. Now, you resubmitted recent work that's all kind of taken over the last course of the year, right? Can you put it down to the one thing? Because I want to dig in real deep here that what's the one thing that's fucking changed other than your mindset and the excitement that you're now having photographing? Are you seeing light differently? Are you being more meticulous on your posing? I think it's an accumulation of so many things, man. Like, and that's like, if you were to boil it down, it's just growth. You know, it's like, I think I feel more comfortable getting those key shots, which in turn allows me to then play with what I'm trying to do as well. Like the more artistic stuff, because if you can just go in and you go, okay, I know how to get these flattering photos and, and the, you know, the clean stuff, you then get more time. You're not stressed about that. You're not like, taking a thousand photos of that because I know like as soon as I tell you got that got that got that now let's start like messing around with it so that goes back into yeah like just having more confidence in my ability having more understanding of light being able to schedule with the couple and like help them to understand what goes into to creating this work and the other thing is I gotta I have to just give it to my couples too like they they're just so trusting of me and I think the the more I grow and the more this work I put out there and the more that they book me for me, you know, they just they just trust me 100%, you know, like and if they do that and they just go along with everything I say, it gives me the opportunity to, to really push what I can do. I love that. I mean, I know it comes down to a lot of things, man, like all of this, you know. The thing when when you're explaining there, John, is like when Ollie says, I mean, I had him at the workshop yesterday as a virtual speaker and he talks about like the the safety lap, the experimental lap and then the reckless lap. And he's like, you know, like declare the mindset while you're photographing, like thinking of it as like laps, which I think is fucking f- like free hearing. Go in, like John said, you know, gets the safe stuff, experiments a little bit and then maybe something like reckless and it, like you said, man, it comes down to a lot of scheduling and, and trustworthy couples and, and your mindset and, and, and how much you're, you're absolutely loving your own work as well. Hey, like, cause they can vibe off that, man. But I think a lot of us sit in the safety lap and it's like the safety lap's the herd, meaning comparable to other photographers. So man, it's paying off, mate. Like I, I tell you every time we jump on or ever get to chat, I'm always just like, I'm always so inspired by what you're doing, John. I think um, 
you're making waves, man, in the industry and, and you couldn't be a more deserving human being for that award that you've won, man. If I had a star, I'd give you the star. But <laughs> I don't have the star, so... <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's a blowout. I'm still... Still can't believe it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful as well. Like, kind of get that. For sure, mate. Well, um, yeah, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas for 2021. I know 2022 is going to be a big year for you, my man. We yeah, have- I'm actually um, I'm working with some some mates of mine at the moment. We're really we're working on something new. So we're, we're really excited to kind of go in a kind of a different direction with things and, yeah, and offer something something a bit different so hold on hold on don't 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 fucking finish on that i'm not going to dig into this but you're still going to be a photographer right the audience is going to be like what <laughs> that's me i'm done yeah nah. you're a celebrant now <laughs> no 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 yeah like a side side yeah okay yeah uh just got some mates that we're just like we're looking to build on something cool yeah i can't say too much yeah yeah for sure but yeah, I reckon we'll jump on a potty and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah definitely keen to come back on and, and chat and but like just just keep an eye out more. Yeah, I reckon people will be pretty keen. Awesome, man. That, that's a great way to finish, John. Can you just um, share where the listeners can check your workout, my man? So at John dot <laughs> Spelling. <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> Give it a go. Just write Gazzy. <laughs> Gazzy. Yeah, J O N dot Gaz, and you'll you'll probably end up getting there just johngaznado.com but um yeah always keen to chat with new people and stuff so hit me up and yeah thanks for having me on man it's it's funny i think we started and i was a little bit rusty again i'm, I'm you know i'm got a scrambled brain but we got there i think I, I probably went on a few tangents there but um yeah i'm stoked to have me on mate more than inspiring to chat to yourself john <laughs> <laughs>